First one. Yeah. Break it up. Yo, I break it up and spit it like tobacco in right fields. I'm acting like a savage and exploding like minefields. So much aggression and expression of minefields. Like fighting for my life, a rap attacker with mic skills. The time is critical and ticking like time bombs. My offense is pivotal, my lyrics will bear arms. My defense is evident, I block and I jab back, duck and attack and smack him with the back of my left hand. Just like a horror movie, moment you ran it to me. An evil spirit, you hear it and now you'll never lose me. Call it some braggadocious magic like hocus pocus, tiger with a little bit of the dragon lotus who needs a bodyguard i'll hit your body hard 55 hit combo to split your phony squad thinking faster than brain matter can spark a thought plan a suggestion inception before the script was bought battle with axes and hammers and bullets blazing call it amazing the way i'm raiding your masquerade did, uh, did you guys uh see all these fire sale that happened of the uh, wwe talent yeah Oh yeah, it was what it turned out to be like twenty some odd wrestlers almost, and ten, yeah, and, and ten producers or nine producers were fur- furloughed at least temporarily. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm uh, what I'm interested in is a lot of them. It, it, from everything, it seemed like it was immediate release. So just like the revival. So it seems like they can go and wrestle anywhere. I mean, I saw today already on Twitter, Carl Anderson is already putting out a New Japan, yeah, promo video like he's going back to New Japan. So either I, that makes me curious how far ahead of time guys like him and Gallows knew about it, or if this was just like you know, I think for the moment, yeah, half those guys I think are. Uh wanting their release and they finally got it and the other half is their contracts were up and they just never intended to re-sign them so they released them yeah well i mean uh, gallows and anderson at least they had just re-signed for a lot of money like a lot yeah. of money for a long deal so i don't know if maybe they were just yeah if they were just not um if they just kind of looked at it and saw, thought, hey, this is what's going to save, this is one of the contracts that we could save a lot of money on, or two contracts technically. And, you know, while they might be, yeah, they might be, uh, you know, AJ's buddies, but who knows, maybe that that's not going to, you know, a, a reason to keep them in the long term. Yeah, now we have no more Rusev Day. There'll always be Rusev Day. We shall remember. Uh, our remembrance of Rusev Day. Yeah, and of all, of all the days for him to get released, it's on Rusev Day. So sad. And we um, got a couple guys that don't even get used anymore with EC3 and... Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the one thing that I was thinking, especially with EC3 getting released, is if he doesn't go back to Impact and he goes to AEW he would be that great candidate for that pseudo four horsemen that we've been talking about between MJF or... Oh, yeah. You know, MJF, uh, Sean Spears, The Revival, or, you know, a combination of the four or five of them could be uh, could be crazy. Think uh, Zack Ryder's going over AEW? Maybe not right away, but it wouldn't shock me to see him be involved somehow. He and Cody are tight. What do you think is going to happen with Chelsea now, being in NXT? Um, 
I mean, she's still pretty young. I think her, uh, and she's been with the WWE for not a long time. So I, I think that her, uh, you know, I think she has more upside than to somebody like Ryder at this point. So unless she wants to leave on her own accord, I think she'll probably be there for the, you know, foreseeable future. That's the money investment. You know, it's one of those things where uh, WWE is looking at the contract and saying, is this worth keeping at this point? You know, and, and the potential versus the loss. Yeah, that's another thing, too, that might have fucked themselves in the ass is um, just kind of signing all this talent just to make sure nobody else got it. Now they're eating everybody's contract that they're not even using. Well, you have to think it's because of the XFL failing again. And yeah. this time really due to no, um, you know, fault of their own. It, they, it, it, if the season had gone through, they probably would have like finished. They probably would be doing a second season. They basically just had to call it quits because the entire country has kind of shut down the entire world. That is, that was what 3 million or something that they're in debt. I believe that's not even a ton as far as the business debt goes. <clears throat> you know, so that's something that could be turned around pretty fast, but would not when you don't see a forecast and people start asking for their due. You know, it's one of those things where if you don't have a way of, you know, putting people off or saying, look, you know, even within the next fiscal year, we'll be out making progress on this. If we can't even give them a ballpark, that's where you got our you know, wrap up shop. That's what basically filing for bankruptcy did is it gets them out of liability. Yeah. I was reading something that have uh, a secret backup fund for the WWE there. It's like $500 million Yeah, like, you know, as far as their TV deals are enough, too, they can fulfill their obligations to still get paid by the networks for years to come just based on a back catalog. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the issue there, though, is they have their contract, the WWE's contract with USA and with Fox right now, it's for live television. So if they, you know, something happens and they can't continue producing live content. Yeah, they have to breach the contract and they have to go into a new contract and they didn't want to do that. Yeah. Because then they lose all the yeah, money. Stipulation there. But uh, didn't Florida just uh, decide that they were an essential business finally? Yeah, on Monday. And then yeah. they released everybody the next day. Yeah, you're not going to be able to find time for everybody, and they're not. They probably lost stipulations in terms of the amount of people that can be there. You know, so they're going to show their top talent. They're not going to show, you know, Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I didn't say, uh, you know, top talent. Half the guys on their roster they're not even you know showing, just because of the whole situation where yeah they're not forced to be there. They live somewhere else too. You know, it's one of those things where yeah. uh, you know WWE. You know, famously, doesn't really provide a ton of air travel, so <laughs> a lot of people driving around. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where where that goes because the um, all the rumors have been saying that there's another wave coming after after SmackDown this Friday because uh, all, all this happened on Tuesday, right? Or was it yesterday? It was uh, yesterday. Yeah. Well, it start. I think yeah, started. So, yeah, yesterday and kind of had a couple NXT people this morning. Yeah, so I wouldn't be expe- I wouldn't be surprised if we either saw announcements 
tomorrow or friday i don't think we'll see them saturday because it's just you know the weekend i don't think they would do that on a uh, like uh not on a work week day so that's just that's just my thought i think we'll see them probably through smackdown and start releasing smackdown people i think we'll see it tomorrow before smackdown even goes live that's my thought um people that you would think would potentially be on the cusp there uh, you know i think that we already see some people that are going to be pretty easy to think of getting let go but if you had like a couple people that you wouldn't think you know maybe they'll have them do their fight and uh you lose and leave that could be it too. Still, uh, was it drake drake maverick was released but he's still in that you know cruiserweight interim tournament there which is almost like the new japan cup yeah, I saw that too. Um, it's basically what a round robin tournament. So, or yeah, it's it... a round robin of four. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that'll stretch their content because everybody's got to have what for, you know, at least three matches. Yeah. So. And then they have um, uh, pretty much nobody on two hundred five live now with certain releases and moving people to Raw and SmackDown. NXT and the NXT UK. Yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that you can't even utilize any of your UK roster. Like last night on NXT, they had Timothy Thatcher fill in for Pete Dunne. Peter Dune. And that was pretty brutal. He was uh, looking like uh, a very hairy Oni Lorcan. <laughs> same movement, same grunts. Yeah. So I mean, he was what he was the evolved champion for like over a year or something. I think. I think he. They mentioned that last night. He has the uh, longest reign as evolved champion. Okay, that might be it. I'm looking at the SmackDown roster. It doesn't even look like they use half these people. With Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Grand Metalik and Kalisto and Lince Dorado. Uh, Lucha House Party was used in the, uh, what's it called, in the feud leading up to uh, Elimination Chamber. They're the ones who swapped out for the Revival, I think, right? Yeah. The, the Revival originally supposed to be in the Chamber. Yeah, they can definitely pare down their talent, so it's one of those things where, I don't, you know, certainly I don't like to see people lose their jobs, but it's also kind of like some of these people probably have better opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. And they just put the um, the Forgotten Sons on SmackDown, so there's three more spots. Yeah, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised to see what like the big layoff, if there's more layoffs, who like the big kind of name out of them is. Um, just because I, I, there are people on, I think Raw that I would have expected before Gallows and Anderson, especially after coming out of. I mean, like, they were on WrestleMania, what, two weekends ago? Yeah, I would have figured, you know, Shelton Benjamin or Jinder Mahal and Bobby Lashley before them. No, Vince loves his big, beefy dudes. So, um, that's just my thought. I don't think you would get rid of those guys. And to be honest, their contracts might not be as big as Uh, Gallows and Anderson, too. And, and, And somebody like Rusev, so... That was probably a cost-cutting measure for them. Yeah. 
I think Rusev's was up this year anyway. I thought he had just resigned, is what I thought. Uh, they, they never came to an agreement on his uh, his contract. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, That's why he shaved his head. Yeah, okay. A lot of the people, too, that I saw on that list, um, I mean, you have some guys that were like, no way, Jose. So they were probably getting main roster money, and they were maybe working like main event once a month or twice a month. Like, yeah not being utilized on the actual show that they're a part of, just on the kind of B show that they tape during. So there's that. I'm surprised more 205 guys didn't get the axe. I mean, Leo Rush did. But again, Leo Rush is probably making main roster money because he came up and was Lashley's manager. So he probably got that bump when he joined. And then when he got... He's working the NXT... Yeah, now that he's back on NXT and, and 205 Live and stuff, but still. And you get rid of, you know, Primo and Epico, who you were paying that were doing independence in Puerto Rico. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I feel like those are the those two would have had a job for life in the WWE just because of Vince's uh, relationship with their with their family. So that to me was really surprising. Um. A little shocking, actually. I, I never expected to really see see their names on a list like that. But maybe is I I don't even know. Like when was the last time they were on a TV show? Maybe maybe they're down in Puerto Rico and can't even get into the country. Because if that's the case, then that makes plenty of sense. Because like the I mean, unlike the NXT UK guys, they're getting paid NXT money. Primo and Epico are probably getting paid, you know, a decent. Yes. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say big bucks, but they're probably both making close to you know 200k a year, probably just for dollars. Yeah, being used how many times a year? And all of it comes down to ROI. You know, it's how much money they're spending on the talent versus how much they're contributing. And if it's not going one way or the other, they don't, and there aren't plans to in the next year, then yeah, I think they're just cutting bait on a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, like a guy like Eric Rowan, like it seemed like whomever was booking had a vested interest in him, but it like, did you ever see anybody wearing an Eric Rowan shirt? Do they have Eric Rowan shirts? Like, uh, cause yeah, all the, the death shirts. metal shirts, just metal shirts. Yeah. Yeah. He was always just wearing his, his own death metal shirts. Like, I don't think they ever made like an Eric Rowan, you know, what's in the, what's in the box. T-shirt. A, a, a spider shirt somewhere. Yeah. Puppet spider. <laughs> <laughs> just makes a partnership with Hot Topic and just starts selling death metal t-shirts through their website. I, I, I don't know. Oh, Zack Ryder dropped a new shirt today called Not There. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number one on ProWrestlingTees.com Um, Yeah, what's it called has been pretty damn funny the past couple of weeks being the elite. Speaking of... uh. Pro wrestling tees. Um, every uh, half hour, at least every day. Yeah, for the past couple of days, we've gotten the half hour yeah. episode. So it's just like, and they're not terrible, terrible episodes. Like last night's was hilarious because of, um, uh, because of the interviews between Nick and Matt Jackson. So uh, Brian, I don't know if you're up to speed with this, but the 200th episode of Being the Elite is next week. And to celebrate, 
the storyline has been that Nick is still getting recovering from his inju- from his attack from the inner circle. So uh, they are. Um, he's challenging Matt to a match. To oh, say, I like, see he's that. ready to go. Yeah. So um, it's just funny because they've been like Brendan Cutler's been doing interviews with the two of them, like you know, uh, like back and forth, and one part is like uh, Matt Jackson being or Brandon Cutler being like, "So are you going to target?" like anything specific i mean you know you know nick so well are you gonna are you gonna target a specific area or whatever this or that and matt's like no he's my little brother i could like you know i can i'm just i'm just gonna have the match i'm not never gonna you know i'm not gonna do anything vicious or this or that and then it cuts to nick jackson and he goes yeah i'm gonna go for his back (laughs) back (laughs) he's got a terrible back i'm gonna go for his back (laughs) it's just it's great so Matt was indignant, basically saying, "Look, I'm not going to give away my brother's shortcomings. Yeah, you know, other people are going to see this. You know, why would I do that? You know, we're going to go back to being a tag team afterwards." And yeah. quick cut to uh, Nick going, "I kick him in the back. Coming <laughs> <laughs> so, after his back." So yeah, so between that and then just like the uh, Marty and Flip were in it. Yeah, Marty and Flip had cameos, and um, good. Yeah, and the, I think the first episode of the week they had the squash match. It was just two random local guys that are friends with the Jacksons uh, got just absolutely obliterated by SCU. And SCU is like, I haven't been like Christopher Daniels is like, I haven't been in a squash match since Beyond the Mat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny to see that. But. Love how they had uh, Matt Hardy go over the rules of a squash match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check this out. Yeah, it was good. Um, well, I, I'm not gonna lie though. This past week, um, Dynamite probably wasn't the best. Um, the uh, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but the John Moxley, the John Moxley Jake Hager empty arena no holds bar match. Um. I'm not gonna lie; it feels like they held some bars. Yeah, it was a little, little slow. It was, it yeah. was slow. It was. It's kind of match needs a crowd. Yeah. Um, that they're just what I, I don't know if there, there was a story really to be told at that point. Like it, it was just it. They did a small build up to it, and like mm-hmm. I, based on how they had, um, you know, a couple issues, but. but with each other between the whole, you know, Moxley Jericho thing, you know, it, it, but it doesn't make sense for him to go like, okay, so Jericho loses to Mox. My turn now. Yeah. It's my turn now. And like, what about your leader? Yeah. Your kind of situation. And um, then there's just absolutely no intervention from the inner circle during the match, even though it's a no holds bar, but, but obviously because of the circumstance we're in right now, yeah, but that's something I feel like you would have and should have expected. So, like, the fact that yeah. Santana and Ortiz, or at least, like, Sammy Guevara, who was on the show that night as well, you know, it, that was kind of odd. Nobody came out to help with no interference. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it was just from, a, a, from not necessarily from the storytelling, like, leading up to the match, but the storytelling of the match was very... Um, it, yeah, it was it was lazy day, uh, lazy day, uh, 
I got bored watching it. Yes, thank you. I was trying to use a big word. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I ended up, uh, I was kind of flipping back and forth between that and NXT. And then when it got to the match, I was like, nope. I got halfway in and kind of just stayed at NXT and just watched Thatcher just throw hands. Yeah, I yeah. literally turned a wheel midway through the match. I said, this really isn't holding my interest. I'm like, I can see that they're putting in a lot of effort, so I feel kind of bad that it's not holding my interest. But it's just not. It wasn't like... It, it, that kind of match, I think, as I was mentioning earlier, does require crowd interaction, hype. You know, I, I don't know if that's just box in general kind of requires that. Because he's not a very showy guy. Um... I mean, but at the same time, he was trying to have he was trying to fight Hager on Hager's level and like an it's MMA. Yeah, huh? yeah, it's not believable. Yeah, it, it's it, just like really like Moxley's six four, but Hager's still bigger than you. Like Hager could twist you up like a pretzel if he wanted to, you know, in real life. So the spending my belief or disbelief there was kind of difficult. I would agree, and the. Uh... All the promo packages that probably wasted about an hour before the match even started. Maybe you want to throw things through the window. I did like the uh, um, promo with uh, Britt Baker, though. That was fun. Uh, after uh, Oh, yeah, I enjoyed the Britt Baker one. But the, the the ones with just Mox and Hagar of them just oh, yeah. showing between, themselves. Yeah, it wasn't that big of a build-up. It was kind of like... Yeah. But the, the Britt Baker one I enjoyed very much. Even the Chris Jericho making bacon or whatever and spilling orange juice, yeah, hilarious. That that was probably a highlight from the night. Is the the bubbly the bubbly bunch or whatever it was. <laughs> is there a reference for that? The uh, the orange juice spill. That's actually harking back to some old metal roots. Oh no! I, I... It's uh, from an old documentary. Um, was it the uh, the fall of Western civilization? Oh okay, yeah, I, I, I know of that. Ozzy is doing something very similar he's making breakfast and he's like shaking like spilling like pouring orange juice he just spills it all over the place uh, okay that's great <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what he was mimicking there was that's funny awesome um yeah so i mean like i can't i can't wait for this all to blow over so we can get back to normalcy um, I think it has been tough for both companies to, uh, you know, keep up a consistently high quality product. Um, ratings are dropping. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's going to be interesting. I mean, if we, if we, you know, they're already saying that, you know, we'll be lucky if we get things like sports coming back by like june like that would be like best case scenario so like you did have a bruins stanley cup yeah oh well the what's it called the nhl is still trying to like they are hell-bent on finishing the season like they have been looking like they were looking at playoffs now they need to find like a rink in canada and just do playoffs yeah but well wasn't uh, i think the nba was looking at trying to start again, but they'd have to go through a month of training before even playing. Yep. So just because they've been gone for a month, they need a, a month to kind of get back into the the swing of things. It seems like. Yeah. That, that... Well, pretty much all the NBA players just sat back and even playing like Madden. <laughs> yeah. 
there are two K tournaments that you could bet on. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's I mean that's to me it's kind of uh, it, it it sucks, but that I think that's the new new uh, new reality, and I think that I mean I definitely think that AEW has done a better job keeping a somewhat consistent you know stream of conscious at least across thing things at least somewhat reasonable booking but i mean like i'm just i'm just also like thinking back to like wrestlemania we literally the day before oh hey guess what braun Strowman is facing goldberg now why no reason he's just facing him now they didn't even say that roman wasn't in the match anymore they just said they just glossed over the fact that Roman was ever even having a WrestleMania match. And it was it it's it's like it's to the point where it's that's hurting the product that bad where they won't even kind of acknowledge that you know the world ain't right right now. And, and they're uh and Rome was not gonna know when he was gonna be back either. They're probably not gonna be back till like September. Yeah, that's about right. So um yeah, so I, I mean, I can't even like I, I I've gotten to the point where like I I'm still DVRing all the shows, um, and I'll follow, but I've been mainly just following them like on social media and engaging them on social media, outside of like Dynamite. I haven't even been watching Dark. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched Dark. I haven't. I think the I think I watched NXT over the weekends, but this time I kind of watched it yesterday. And then uh, AEW, I kind of watch Wednesdays, and whatever I don't watch, I finish Thursday or Friday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's going to be just so like you can tell they had plans, but now that they've kind of had to, I or... guess, pivot. They they've got just they've got no. I I I don't think they can, they can stick to a uh, a coherent story because. They don't know when they're gonna be back. Yeah, they don't know when they're gonna be back. They don't know like they, there's still a chance their talent could get sick, you know, or could have to go into isolation and stuff too. So like that's, you know, weeks at a time right there. So it's just like what is going. Like to ask what's even going on, I think we can't even get a, a good answer out of anybody. So I kind of just fly at the edge of their seats. I think culturally, it's going to become a, an interesting situation as, as this goes into summer. If uh, if NFL can't start on time, yeah, you know, I think that's where we'll hit a breaking point because this country without football, <laughs> a mess. Yeah. Oh, it's a religion. I mean, did you see? You already got. You already had people in what was it, Michigan, protesting this isolation crap yesterday. Yeah. Uh, not not saying that it's crap, but they were protesting the idea of having to, you know. But it was just, it was a relatively like it was a. Uh, but what made news? It was a pretty small group. Yeah. Of uh, very far right people. I uh, don't know if you noticed a couple of uh, a couple of Nazi flags there. Uh, it was great. Well, no, I, I, to be honest, I, I saw the headlines and I saw a couple images from like of zoomed out stuff, so I didn't read into it that much. So thank you for letting me know. It was just, you know, super. It, it made news, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it representative, of even 
even the right wing in with in uh, with Michigan. Yeah. It was a kind of a small organized group of dirtbags. Yeah, just trying to drum up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get on the news type of deal. Okay. Well, that well, makes sense. Nothing else to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, what's uh what's everybody been up to? Um, are you are you working from home all the time, Bri? Or are you is somewhat yeah, essential uh, or no? The past couple of weeks I've pretty much been at home 100%. Uh, I've gone in one day every other week or so just to kind of refresh the laptop because it runs so slow. Yeah. And then uh, there's you know some audit papers and stuff that I have, so I just drop those off. But other than that, I pretty much am at home. And then I have uh, right now some 2000 WWF running all day. Oh. Nice. See, who's your favorite superstar from 2000 so far? Uh, when I was a kid, I could tell you it was the the Kane. Straight from hell. Yes, yes. Uh, as of right now, definitely some uh, Kirk Angel and the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla are making me pee my pants. Nice. Yeah, gro- for me growing up, it was um, definitely Austin, and then um, I liked uh, the New Age Outlaws. I was definitely a uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn fan. I'm at the I'm at the point in 2000 where Billy Gunn lost the name and missed their ass. Oh no! He's going by Billy G. That's just awkward. Yeah, he had kind of an awkward period. Yeah, where he couldn't be the ass man anymore. Yeah, and the right to censor is just got ivory. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the the main the good thing like comparing 2000 to to now is there's so many intertwined storylines in in 2000 where everybody's almost intertwined like the the main titles intertwined. Yeah, but everything now is just kind of like a sterilized single storyline. Yeah. Mm. Which I was not a fan of. Yes, yeah, a quick search for the 2010 WWE draft. I'm like, yeah, I definitely wasn't watching at that point. Uh, yeah, I haven't even got to 2010. I'm in like straight 2000. Oh, it's 2000. 2000. Okay, I was watching straight that. Straight 2000. <laughs> okay, yeah. 2000. I'm two weeks before Survivor Series. And are you what, are you watching just Raw and SmackDown, or are you just I'm watching... I'm going chronologically. I'm going Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown. Uh, you're not watching, uh, like, Sunday... You're not watching Sunday Night Heat or, like, Velocity or anything, right? No, just Raw, okay. SmackDown. Okay. I'll get the Sunday Night Heat updates when they kind of show them throughout the, the week, but that's it. Yeah. And then I'll watch... I mean, the Young Me never... Yeah, young me never realized that that was just basically like main event. Yeah, and the good thing is uh, there's no commercials. Mm-hmm. Raw's only an hour and a half. Oh, I miss that. That's not two and a half. It's uh, yeah. only an hour and a half. 
and uh you know i can pretty much skip over entrances so i miss you know two minutes three minutes oh, that's not bad i think that's probably did they go to when did they go to three hours originally like 2003 or four yeah. That might have been what that might have been one of the reasons why I just stopped watching in general. I think it just became too much of a time sink and I just didn't care about the content at that point. Yeah, plus but, I was going me and you were probably going into high school and it just wasn't the thing at that time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always kept like a kept an eye on it but not yeah. like close attention like I used to. Yeah, I, I just it, it it was, I mean, I I knew of it because I still would like play the video games and stuff like that, and they were still fun to a degree. But yeah, I I think by like when like SmackDown Here Comes the Pain came out is when I kind kind of just like was like, man, nah, I'm done. So yeah, I was in high school at that point, and uh, I I'd probably turn it on every so often, but I definitely wasn't following it by then. I don't think I picked back up until the end of my high school, which was 2007. So I had a good four-year hiatus minus the video games. Yeah. No, I definitely had like a... I probably didn't start watching again until 2015 when I when I tore my ACL for the second time. Yeah. So, yeah, probably a solid 10, 12-year gap for me. Yeah, I yeah. didn't get back into it until I uh, started watching New Japan and Bullet Club stuff. I think mine was like four years, five years, got back in for maybe a year or two, and then it was another four years, five years, then I was back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, outside of that, like, I can't, like, I, uh, I don't know, but like, I, I haven't, like, watched really, like, I haven't watched anything else really lately. I've been working on fixing the basement, on redoing the, the floor, so... Um, outside of, uh, you know, some just trash TV here and there, really haven't been doing too, too much. It's I've been playing World of Warcraft. Oh yeah, Dan's been playing World of Warcraft again. Because if it's a time sink you need, it'll provide it. Yeah. Yeah, I made some beard oil. Nice. Oh. Nice. Yeah. I think that'll be my next, uh, my next time consuming thing. Mm-hmm. Because I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot cheaper than, you know, actually buying it. What are you using? Just like coconut oil or like coupling together? Or? Yeah, this round I use coconut oil and like a, a peppermint essential oil type of thing. Okay. Um, I've been looking at other fragrances and oils that I'm probably going to mix together and come up with some concoctions and uh, see what they smell like and how they feel. Beard oil coming fall 2020. Yeah, some battle beards. Battle beards. How <laughs> can we go in there with that beard oil? Market it, sell it. Yeah, we got, you know, beard oils for all kinds of beards. Small ones, big ones, long ones, fluffy ones. Owns beard oil. Coming soon to store near you. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting. I, I, I downloaded Duolingo again. I've been trying to learn. Uh, Spanish and Japanese at the same time. <laughs> Just doing uh, doing lessons nani? back and forth. Huh? Is it nani? 
Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there like a, a cap on Duolingo though? Like you can only get so far. Um, you There's only free and a premium. Yeah, it's basically ads. They use ads, and if you mess up too many times, you basically like have hearts, like in a video game. You lose a heart, and if you lose too many hearts, you can't keep proceeding on. But right now, they keep on just giving you a ton of free hearts and stuff because they want you to try out premiums because everybody's at home, so they're trying to get people to buy it, to use it. So, um, I haven't had an issue yet, though. Um, And, like, you can do wagers and stuff to either buy more hearts or gain more hearts and stuff like that. So, like, I haven't had a heart, uh, like, an issue staying, you know, filled up with hearts. So, not bad for me, but. I'm trying to uh, get through every day, you know, waking up, doing some work, you know, hopping into the video game for a little bit, then uh, wake up and do it again. It's a trip. Yeah, wake up. Start working and uh, listen to wrestling, and that's about my day. Hopefully, as it gets nicer, I'll start creating more of an outdoor routine. But it's been rainy as hell the last three weeks. Like it's like every other day there's been rain. Yeah, it snowed today. It snowed yeah. today. Like a blizzard. Yeah. Like what the hell? I think we're supposed to get some more this weekend. So like that's just yep. that's just insane. So, ugh. But, um. Yeah, I mean, once we figure this out, then, too, we could probably do some more frequent sessions instead of, until we can actually all be in the same room. Yeah, make it sound a lot better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Figure then, out how this whole different dynamic works. Yeah. That uh, possibly sounding better. You guys want to do the, uh, the video game teaser we left off with last episode, or... Uh... Save that for another week. Refresh my terrible memory. <laughs> I'm like, what day is it? What year is it? Yeah. It was the, a game that you would want to be remade or remastered. Oh. oh okay. Yeah, because we just get, went through... Dan actually got me Resident Evil 3 Remake for my birthday, which was two weeks ago, two odd weeks ago. And, uh... I've literally beaten Resident Evil 3 Remake four times in that two weeks. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, on top of that, what a game I would want to be remade. Modern system. Skies of Arcadia for me. Last time I said Jet Set, I believe. I I still stand by Jet Set. Yeah. I think last time I said Onimusha. Yep, it was a bunch um, of uh, samurais. Yep, a bunch of samurai zombies. And I think, if I were to think back on it now, um game I didn't really play as a kid all that much, but I'd like to see a uh, a modern remake of it, uh, Super Metroid. I kind of want them to stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the last Metroid game was it's not amazing. Uh, yeah. and Super Metroid is fucking amazing. It still stands up. Like, you, like I'm serious. Like, just go back and play Super Metroid. Yeah, I mean, I could just go back and play Super Metroid. I have it literally like in on every Nintendo console. Don't, under don't need a now. Metroid Prime version of Super Metroid. Yeah. Even though Metroid Prime is good. Yeah. You know? 
Um, I wonder. Uh, hmm. If we're thinking of that, thinking of an acceptable answer, then. Uh, you, have to, you have to think like if you're like if you're gonna do like a whole new like a remaster of that game, maybe with improved artwork, but it plays the same. Yeah, I think that's the only version of that that I would be happy for and accept. Yeah, but even there, that's kind of like okay, so you're putting a new fine glass of paint on a great game. Well, they did that pretty good first time. Yeah, they just did that a couple years ago with Metroid Two. Yeah, and I don't know. I think I I forget how people reacted to it. Um, but yeah. Um, definitely certain games that just are so two D that you can't really like bring them into the three D realm without changing the game entirely. Yeah, like the actual. There's a reason why Mega Man doesn't work in 3D. It's yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Le- sorry, Legends fans, you're wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm one of those fans, so yeah. I, I, but I agree with you. It's it, it's a completely different genre. It's a completely different game. Um, hmm. I'm just trying to think. I mean, I would like to maybe see a new Parasite Eve. Just I, 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 again on the the horror genre. I love horror video games. I can see that being done right. Um, I mean, you either take... I mean, if you're going to go with like the first one and do the pseudo-action RPG stance, you could steal the uh, engine from Final Fantasy VII Remake. That would probably work out pretty well. If you want it to be more like you know, Parasite Eve 2 and be a survival horror game, steal the Resident Evil engine. Do it that way. Just give me more. I'm one of those people who doesn't like. Like I've got a shelf full of games I'm looking at that are probably anywhere like you know, thirty to sixty hours, depending on how long it takes you to play to beat. Yet, I've gone through, and the two Resident Evil remakes that have come out in the past two years, I've played more than probably all those other games that take 30 to 60 hours combined. You know, like Red Dead Redemption 2, I think was probably a solid 45, 50 hours. Yeah. And a, but I think I've probably still played between Resident Evil 3 Remake and Resident Evil 2 Remake, I've played those two more combined than that one game on a single playthrough. So for me, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I think I kind of appreciate the thing that isn't, you know, uh, stretching out m- all my time, even yeah. though yeah, I mean, like th- there's a time and place for that. Like Dan said, like he's playing WoW right now, but because he doesn't really have anything else to do, yeah. um, you know, or anything that he wants to get back into, I should say. It's one of those things where like I can I can pause what I'm doing in WoW mm-hmm. and like do ten minutes of work. Yeah, and go back into it and not feel like I've lost or need to pick up back where I left off or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> like whereas if I'm playing like Red Dead or something like that, I'm like, oh, where, what am I doing with this mission again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want you you, you want to sit down and play Red Dead for two or three hours. You don't want to sit yeah. there and play it for twenty minutes and have to go do something. I still have yet to play Red Dead, the second one. Um, a game that I'd love to see a modern, uh, higher res. And it's going to be funny because the, the, the console we're going to up next uh, is a Switch. Uh, but I'd love to see a higher res, upgraded, kind of modern JRPG version of Golden Sun. I did not play Golden Sun when I was younger. I know that... Oh, you missed out. Yeah. I didn't either. 
<laughs> Classic Game Boy Advance games. Uh, Golden Sun and Golden Sun 2 are probably in my top 10 for JRPGs. I'd probably say they're solidly in there. I never had a Game Boy Advance. I didn't have a Game Boy Advance until I had a DS Lite. Oh, congratulations, you have a computer, you have, you have a Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. It's the <laughs> easiest system in the world to have emulated. <laughs> Hello. Was that commercial brought to us by? Oh. Arbon Skincare. Nice. Vegan Skincare. Vegan Ooh. Skincare. Cruelty free. So. Vegan Skincare. I dig yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. small plants, because they don't feel pain. Except for when they do. I think all my kind of remakes are all like uh, like storyline based where you physically have to sit down for four hours and do things and hopefully you remember. Well, you have to keep in mind that like a lot of those games back in the day they didn't have like worthy tutorials. There wasn't like there was a certain level of you're playing a game now. Joy. And like they didn't hold your hand. And modern games are more complex. So it's one of those things where, like, I understand why they have them now. But, like, a lot of, like, if you play, like, a modern JRPG, the first, you know, 40 minutes of it are introducing the game's systems to you. If it, <laughs> if, it if not longer. Yeah. Uh, it's, we started up uh, Persona 5 Royale uh, the uh, couple weeks ago, before all this stuff happened in the basement. And literally, like, the first, probably... 14 to 15 hours of that could be considered tutorial because they're basically introducing new systems to you as you go, but they're doing like gameplay bits in between. So, but you're going step by step by step by step and the full game doesn't open up until you're well into it. I think last of us was like that. Mm -hmm. You'll see that more and more in modern games because they're not going to introduce complexity uh, right away. Whereas the older games are like, here's our system. And, like, you'd have a couple ones, like, that's what kind of made games like Super Metroid great, where, like, you'd have, you'd unlock things throughout the game as you went, versus just having the same gameplay get harder and harder and harder. They would trust more of you, and you had to go back and do things that you couldn't do previously with new new stuff. That's the whole point for the whole, you know, Metroidvania, you know, Castlevania stuff. You know, Castlevania is one of those uh, series that they've tried to make modern versions of, and it feels... More like a God of War ripoff whenever they do it versus a Castlevania game. Yeah. I yeah, I want to get away. I had, and I've been working with uh, Apple Arcade, so I've been checking out a lot of their games, too. And uh, it's one of those things, like, those are quick and easy games that people can just kind of get into. That's the good thing about, like, Arcade. They're kind of based for the easy hook. Well, they want to get you in and, and to kind of start playing. And then have you pay for additional levels or services and stuff like that. Apple Arcade thankfully doesn't do that. So like a lot of these mobile style games, they're fully unlocked because they don't they don't allow you to do in store payments on those because uh, you're basically paying for the subscription service for Apple Arcade. Um, so those tend to be a little bit more in depth style games. Um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out the basics and a lot of it because I haven't really explored it too much. So neither of you guys had Game Boy Advance. Because we're starting um, off like a, like the, with the DSs. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that part of the two thousands was right after. That was like what, like two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, that's right after nine eleven. My dad got laid off from his job, and uh, I don't think we really had a. Yeah, like I didn't really um 
get any new game consoles from that point on until like I had my own jobs. Like I had like PS2s and stuff. Like I had my PS2 at that point, and like I would get like PS2 games, and that was it. Guys were completely born into the golden age of mobile gaming. Huh? You, you missed all the bad mobile gaming. What do you mean? So like before, like before Game Boy Advance, like Game Boy yeah. Color sucked. Uh, Game I, Boy I, sucked. My first Game Boy was a Game Boy Color. Yeah. And I actually like I love the Game Boy Color. I mean, for like th- there are some great games on Game Boy Color. Don't get, me, yeah. don't get me wrong, but as far as an experience is concerned, yeah, like it's not particularly great looking. Um, the games themselves are usually dumber versions of what was available on Super Nintendo or NES. Yeah. Oh no, totally. Um. Yeah, I mean that was the that was kind of understood and. and hardware wise like it didn't have a back like a backlit screen yeah. i mean the original game boy advance didn't either so you game boy advance was famously modded to have yeah. backlit screens i only had the game boy color that was it and i only had yeah. pokemon red that was there it you go. that was the, that was the, the great game for that system to begin with was did like you, you bought a game boy color you got pokemon uh you got that and uh maybe um what was the zelda on there so uh link's awakening link's awakening and you were done yeah, my first. Okay, so I got I think three games with my Game Boy Color. It was uh, Link's Awakening DX, uh, like a Game and Watch Gallery compilation. So like that was like the, uh, um, and then uh, Pokemon Pinball, which was one of the ones that had the Rumble Pack. Um, did not. I actually never got a actual like mainline Pokemon game as a gift. I either went out and bought it myself, or like had a, like a f- like a friend who had both games would like be like, "Oh, here," and catch all the stuff for me and trade me all the ones I can't get in the other copy. I'm like, "All right, fine." <laughs> <laughs> so I did that, um, but yeah, not until like the DS Lite. Um, I don't think I I got one, which is funny because like I kept. Like, I had been a Nintendo Power subscriber probably from, like, the mid-2000s, or the mid-90s, probably until, like, after the GameCube, like, came out. Like, till, like, when they were originally, like, hyping the, the, the original Nintendo DS. I kept on having Nintendo Power probably for two or three years after they stopped selling uh, N64 games. <laughs> So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so here's the amazing part about the Game Boy Advance when it came out uh, was it's basically a Super Nintendo. Yeah. And Nintendo knew that, but third parties didn't necessarily catch on with that right away. But once they started catching on to it, they just started like not only were you getting great new titles coming out like Advance, uh, you know, all there's like you had great new Metroid games come out for it that are some of the best of all time, like Metroid Fusion. Yeah. Oh, uh, you dude, like Castlevania would... games yeah, that were. I w- Picture perfect. I went back after I got my DS Lite and bought like I have Circle of like Castlevania Circle of the Moon. I have Metroid Fusion. I have Metroid Zero Mission. Like all really good games. And at that point, people were just buying up what's it called like DS games or PSP games. At that point, so I was just like, all right, I'm gonna go back and get all these games that I wanted. See, Sony like apart from just being super hackable, Sony's never really gotten the uh, the mobile correct in my opinion. Uh, not for not for a not for a 
North American market. True. I agree. Yeah. The, uh, like the PlayStation Portable and the PlayStation Vita are great consoles for the Japanese market. They're commuting. They are like, they spend a lot of time on trains and on public transportation. So you have that teenage gamer, you have that, you know, person who's still likely to play a, or a young adult who's still likely to play a game in public. They're going to probably gravitate to more of a machine like that. Yep. Whereas in the U.S. or the North American market, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. If you're playing at home, like, it, it, like, yeah. It, There's not much of a, a travel unless you live in like Boston, New York. Yeah, and even then, like, how often? It's not the same as it would be. Yeah. Our commutes are driving, so it's active, not passive. Yeah. Yeah, like there, there's an insane amount of people, like the per, the percentage of people who don't own cars in like Japan and just use public transportation, like the rails. Like, and you can't even say it's public transportation because it's not. It's technically privatized. Like, there's, I think, eight or ten different train companies that they compete with one another, but they all cooperate, and it's one of the best transportation like infrastructures in the world like from what i've heard like trains are on time they're never you know late all that kind of shit so um they're super reliable which is not how especially (laughs) yeah especially in terms of things like light rail and bus and trams and that kind of stuff the mbta is fucked the mta isn't much better and yeah, it, it's you know, uh, I think the best experience I've had probably riding a you know public transportation was probably in uh, Chicago, which isn't saying saying much. I took it from <laughs> I took it from the, I I took a train from this the, like I had to get to the airport in in rush hour, and I was asking all like the people that. I knew who worked in the city. And I was like, hey, should I get an Uber? Like, I have a 5.30 flight. Should I get an Uber? I'm leaving at t- I'm leaving the city at 2. And they're like, no, because you might sit in traffic for that long that you will miss your flight. And I'm like, okay. So they're like, just take the train. Because there's a station that goes straight out to O'Hare. And I'm like, alright. And I did that, and I had plenty of time. I, s- I got through security. I was able to sit down and Sit at a you know at one of the bars and have a beer and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I was I was happy as a clam, but yeah, there are no, I that's a better case scenario, and even then, still not you know great. I think there's nothing uh, nothing quite the same as an airport alcoholic beverage. Yeah, because it's both satisfying, super expensive, way more than you should ever pay for any kind of drink. Yeah, but also sad at the same time. Like you don't feel like it's a good place to drink. It's the best place to drink. Dude. I've told you, I think I told you guys this story, right? About uh, me going out to my last job. Koozie? Well, I've told you about Koozie. I told you about Koozie. But um, I went out to uh, the the second week I was working for this new job, the job I'm currently at. I went out basically on two nights notice, flew cross country, like a nine hour trip, like from Boston to California and had to do a layover in Arizona. 
And I was like, all right. Like, I had enough time between the layover in Arizona basically to get to my, like, hit the bathroom, get to my flight, and board. Coming home, I basically had, like, a 16-hour journey because I had a, I, I was uh, basically just outside of San Francisco, and I had a layover in L.A. So I, I got to the airport too early for my flight because my boss at the time the guy who hired me was like oh why don't we just take a why don't we just take share a cab and i was just like and i was like oh yeah that sounds great not putting two and two together that he had to go to the airport for like a 3 30 flight and my flight back wasn't until like didn't leave till like 6 30 like maybe Oof. seven i i'm like i'm like i stepped into the, like the cat like i got into the cab and i'm like oh I'm like, I should have just gone back to my hotel or gone to like somewhere. But I realized then like I got out, got a was in the airport and was like, okay, I've got my suitcase on me. I can't put my, I can't leave my suitcase anywhere. And I don't want to like check into my flight and then leave the airport, you know, and potentially not get back in time. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right. So I just sat around basically for like two and a half hours once I got through security and just basically was like, all right, I'll start drinking now, and then I'll be, you know, buzzed enough, basically, once I get on the plane. Just fall asleep. Just fall asleep. Fall asleep. And we get to LA, and it turns out, because some renovation or something, I basically have to, like, walk off the, like, walk off the plane onto the tarmac at LAX, walk, like, walk outside, go through, like, some other bullshit, like, terminal, and then basically, like, walk, like, 20 minutes to find my, to find my flight. Nice. And then I, and then I still have, like, an hour and a half layover, so I'm like, alright, I need some food. So I wind up finding a place, like, LAX, by the way, is the busiest airport, and it's disgusting. I'm stuck. Um, so, like, basically, I found a seat at a bar, and the only thing that they had that I could have was, like, a salad. I'm like, I think I was doing keto at this point. So I'm sitting there doing keto, having a, having a salad, and eating, you know, and drinking vodka sodas. And then, like, I get on my flight, and I'm not able to fall asleep. I'm wide awake. And I'm just so pissed off. Just so <laughs> absolutely pissed off. Angry and drunk. Mm -hmm. Not a good combination, especially on a flight, but, like, no. I was just, no. like... In a long flight. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, a five-and-a-half-hour flight, so I was, like, just not not stoked at all, and I am, like, I, when I'm on, uh, like, I'm a tall dude, like, I'm six foot, six foot one, and, um, so I, I, I try and, and because of my, my, my bad knee, I try and take the, uh, the aisle seat. I would agree to that because it sucks being on the airplane and you can't move. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you've worked any corporate job, they never let you upgrade on their dime. So it's like, I can't get the extra comfort. I can't get like a, I can't even get like a business class or whatever their, you know, their best seat is because it's God forbid an extra 20 bucks or whatever. It's not really 20 bucks. It's typically like 60 to 80 on most things, but like flying overnight, I should just, ugh. so I have a, uh, yeah. My company wants to try to get me to fly Spirit. Oh, God. 
Nope. Like, I, I, traditionally, I would fly JetBlue if it's from the if it's on the East Coast. Um, yeah. and uh, if I'm going, you know, to California, it's going to be probably Southwest. But uh, this one flight down to uh, Miami, uh, there was a Spirit Airlines flight that was I think thirty dollars less than JetBlue. And like, why don't you do that? I'm like, no. <laughs> I would like, I'd be like, I will pay the the difference out of pocket to not take Spirit. I, I literally said, if you guys are going to try to mandate Spirit, I will drive. Yeah, <laughs> I will drive to Florida yeah. and expense it. <laughs> and my uh, my buddy flies Spirit all the time. He's on like that the point program, so he yeah. was going to uh, like California and Vegas and Michigan and all that with Spirit. He ended up booking a flight to Japan with all of his points and didn't pay a single dime. Yeah. Well, they, they've got that, if you, like, if you can deal with Spirit, they've got that, like, membership club thing, where it's, like, they have, like, the $20 flight thing, and they will ra- have random deals for you to get on, like, a, a flight for $20, but it's, like, random times and random hours, and I don't think any of them are ever direct flights. No, they're all uh, layovers, and layovers, like, four hours. Yeah, and I've never, I've never even been on Spirit. My wife has, and I know. Have you been on Spirit? Oh, yes. oh yeah. Like I've never had to deal with Spirit personally. My wife actually loved it because her experience with Spirit was they were in the back row, so they had to hang out with one of the uh, um, flight attendants, and he was just like, "I don't give a fuck," you know. T- like he was in that mode, and they were flying to Nashville, and he had to sit in the jump seat, so like, like he could tell that they that they were like going there to party and like the girls were drinking and stuff and he just starts passing out shots to them and like giving them nips and stuff like that and <laughs> at the end of the flight like when they're starting to like you know uh like prepare for for landing and stuff my wife like goes like oh so like how much do we owe you and the flight attendant's like oh honey don't worry it's on the house like oh, boy. yeah so you, that's the that's the good part of that don't give a fuck yeah the op- I've experienced the opposite of don't give a fuck, where it's like, they don't come to distribute drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually how my flight back in February was to uh, New York City. And not because they don't give a fuck, but because it's literally Manchester to, to LaGuardia is like a 25-minute flight. You are yeah. in the air. I think I, I think I could get on the flight, like, Loaded onto the flight, take off, do the flight, land in LaGuardia before it would even. I could even drive from my house to uh, to um to Logan on like a regular day, like a regular like traffic free morning. Yeah. Not saying that there's ever a traffic free morning, but there's no actual like altitude. The entire flight is ascending and de- descending. <laughs> that makes sense. No, I, I experienced the complete opposite uh, on Spirit, where they didn't literally just, just did not distribute drinks, and they were like super light on snacks, and like ran out midway through, and like oh god, it was. Uh, I watched this years ago. I can't over maybe even like a decade old at this point. I think it was when I was with Microsoft. I never had any of this. It was not a good experience. No Spirit experience for me. That, no, I, think, I think that flight was delayed by like three hours too, like last minute. Oh boy! Like you're already at the airport, and like find out your flight's delayed. They don't send it. Quite this before they were really, really doing texts or anything like that. But like you show up and like, uh, like you're going through security, everything's fine. Then you 
through security and like, oh, it's three hours delayed. That's the rough. So you're already past security. You've already gone through and, you know, checked your bags. There's really nothing you can do. You just gotta stay there and enjoy the hospital, the uh, the um, hospitality of the airport drinking lounges, which, yeah, as I mentioned, are a double-edged sword, both the saddest and best place to drink. <laughs> People watching is great. People watching is great. And that's the whole point about it. You know, it's almost worth the ten dollar drink per drink. You know, depending on how long you have to be there. If you're there for like anything longer than two hours, I feel is a stretch there, though. Like if you're there longer than that, that's a pretty hefty tap. And also, the like the bartenders start looking at you weird too. Like they don't expect you to be there for that long. But you're there all day. Yeah, I figure how many people they see. You know, it's one of those things where it's like they, they, they're trying to get you off so they can get somebody else to get there. It's like they don't know how well you're going to tip. Because you already have a gigantic bill. Oh, yeah. And it's an airport. That's one of those things, George. If it's just for drinks, like if you're not getting food, what's what's your stance on tipping there? Uh, would you still do the percentage-based, or would you do the, the old drink where you get an extra dollar per drink? Because that really stiffs the, the, the bartender. Uh, I guess it would depend on the drink itself. It, if it wasn't that good, I'd probably give him like a, maybe a dollar or two. But if it was good, then I'd tip the bartender pretty well. I think for me, it's usually service related. And oftentimes I'm paying, like, I can't remember the last time I paid. Uh, one of the tricks I do not to spend too much time at an airport bar is to just pay in cash. Yeah. And I'm there and have a certain amount of cash in my wallet. And that way I'm not just handing a card over and, like, being like, uh, whiskey, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, that way I'll get, like, a beer or something and, you know, not actually sit there for too long. Uh, but the interesting part, like, that way also I think I'm just handing an extra dollar for every drink that comes over for a tip and not actually doing like the, the 20%, which I now in retrospect kind of feel shitty about. But, <laughs> um, but if I'm getting food, I'll definitely pay with card. I always pay cash. Yeah. It's kind of, it, I don't know why I've always done that, but like at bars, whenever they're handing me like, like if I'm paying cash with someone, it's always next, just a dollar for a tip for a bartender. Yeah. And for something like an airport, you know, that's not the percentage you need. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. So, um, uh, I don't know. I miss traveling. Miss traveling. Yeah. I miss. I miss. I miss going to other places than just the grocery store. <laughs> I miss people. I don't even like people. Yeah, I'm still not there yet. I'm, I'm still not there yet. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm an introvert by nature, so like being able to like sit down and like being myself for a bit, like, you know, in my head, it's, it's perfectly fine, but there's, I was always having, like, a level of, like, my, my job requires that I be extroverted. So there was always some way to, like, kind of, ex- like, spend that currency somewhere. And now there's really not a good opportunity to do it, so the, it's kind of just sitting there and making me a little bit stir-crazy. And you, I'm not, like... I'm not used to that energy, just kind of sitting around. So it makes you want to do it more? Yeah, for real. Like, I'm always like, oh, hey... You know, I'm going to host a thing of uh, Jackbox Party Pack or something on, like, Discord or my Twitch or something like that. And I'm just, I th- I'm i like, yeah, that sounds great. And then I just, I'm like, nah. <laughs> Never mind. It's really worth the effort. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, is it really worth the effort? Like, I don't know. Most people still aren't here. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm at a loss. Progress uh, that I've made as a person in the last year is just completely be- eroded, just evaporated. Yeah, yeah. So any personal growth that you've had just gone. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like hit and reset. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wanna kill it right here? I mean, that's kind of harsh, but we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one will know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm. I'm good. Oh, you I'm gotta check out the podcast. Yes, the the, the podcast, the podcast. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the podcast and the episode, Dan. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and with that, I bid you adieu. Yes. Salutes and sips all around. Dilly dilly. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Craig. Get the fuck out, Craig. You hear me spitting out a poisonous ink. I'm poisoned to think what I can do when I'm on the brink. A back to the wall, a villain when I'm ready to brawl. I'm killing, it's really, it's silly how I'm messing with y'all. Speaking, it's easy, you see me coming through in the clutch now. Duck down, profound sounds, dropping like touchdowns. Cursing in verses like missing persons, you never find it. Go and rewind it a second time if you need reminded. But shit, a contradiction might better define it. I'm grinding to sharpen the talent instead of bitching and whining. Culture refining the perfect pressure to press a diamond. It's in your time and not what you wear when you say you're rhyming as far as i'm and i'll never make it to raise an island call me an island i'm solitary in my confinement forget my elegant eloquence while i'm relevant carefully dismantle your status just for the hell of it heavy like an elephant desolate while i'm reckoning it strictly just for the benefits evident in my devilment and now the residents fear the presence of melanin malevolent supremacists speaking venomous sentences forget the precedent get a taste of your medicine a tranquilizer dart to your face embrace the sedative